Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, God is one. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, which marks the start of the Western liturgical year. It is also our titular feast, the feast that we recognize as the namesake of our church. As Stephen discussed last week, until today, we've been marking off the Sunday since Trinity Sunday, which was the Sunday after Pentecost. Due to the way Easter moves each year, this period of time is variable in length, as is the time between the, the end of the Christmas season and the beginning of Lent. Those two seasons of the year are liturgically green, or I think I should say non-seasons, because that's really what sets them apart. They're distinctive because they're not distinctive. In fact, those times of the year are sometimes together called ordinary time. Yes, that's in part because they're average Sundays in comparison with our various feasts and fasts, but it's also because we just count them. Ordinary is cognate with ordinal, those ordinal numerals, first, second, third, that we learn after the cardinal numerals, one, two, three. The two most important events of the church year form the two larger cycles of the year, Christmas, which has the major theme of the mystery of the Incarnation, and Easter, which has the major theme of the mystery of redemption. Each of these seasons has a preparatory season, during which the vestments are violet, and during that preparation time, we pray more, fast more, give more. And then these are followed by celebratory seasons and events, like Christmas, Epiphany, Easter, Ascension, and Pentecost. You can say that our faith is all about new beginnings. The creation is pretty obvious, yet there's also the flood, the setting aside of Abraham, the exodus freeing the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt, the remaking of the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments after Moses breaks them in anger at the idolatry of his fellow men, King David's repentance and restoration, the promise of a savior, and so, so many more, your baptism, your birth, all of those things. And there is the annual cycle of our church calendar that provides us with opportunities to start again and again, because as the history of salvation shows, we need to start again, individually and corporately. We need these beginnings because we live in a fallen world where left to their own devices, things tend toward death, decay, and chaos. We need something to break in and stop that cycle so that we can put ourselves on an upward arc again toward life, order, and unity with God. And today, the church is calling you to a new beginning again. The church is calling you to lift up your head, lift up your spirits, and prepare to experience again one of the most important mysteries of our faith, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. When the angel Gabriel told Mary what could happen she assented to one of the greatest renewals of all, one of the greatest new beginnings for all of mankind, the joining of everything human with everything divine. This did not bring God down in any way. He's unchangeable and infinitely good, but instead it helped to raise us up to him. It made possible, as St. Athanasius of Alexandria says in his treatise on the incarnation, he became what we are, so that he might make us what he is. But that's not where today's gospel story begins. 
Today we don't talk of the Annunciation, the Incarnation. No. What was our gospel today? Today's gospel takes us all the way to the end of the story, to the story of Palm Sunday, Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And since our lectionary only has about 52 Sundays a year, why would the church choose through the guidance of the Holy Spirit to repeat a passage when we already have so few? Well, certainly the church holds this passage to be important, but I think it comes back to our theme of beginnings in several ways. First, it emphasizes the darkness from which this Sunday marks a new beginning to bring us toward the light of God. Christ enters Jerusalem in triumph, but we know that that triumph quickly seems to take a major downturn into his passion, his betrayal, his capture, his torture, his crucifixion, his death. St. Paul starts also with a theme of darkness in our epistle today, from which the light comes forth. He says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. He also says, now it's high time to awake out of sleep. Second, when one begins a journey, it's usually good to know where you're going. By looking forward to the end of the story, we can put today in its greater context. We can begin to see what direction we need to head. And where we need to head is toward Jerusalem, side by side with Jesus Christ. We need to head toward our cross. We need to be ready to bear that cross. In Holy Week, we participate directly in the remembrance of that Palm Sunday. And when I say remembrance, I mean that in a very Jewish and very Orthodox Christian sense. We don't just participate in some mental exercise like daydreaming, but we actually remember the event. We put arms and legs back on it, our arms and legs. As we carry palm branches, we process in the, on the side of the street, we sing triumphant hymns. Easter's coming, and our Lenten fast will soon be coming to an end. But today there are no palms. We won't be leaving the pews. The mood's a little bit more somber as instead of ending our fast, we're about to start one. We're about to start the penitential season of Advent. Instead of looking forward to our fast ending, we're just starting it. Third, there's a minor difference in the passage read on Palm Sunday and today. Today's gospel continues through after uh, Hosanna in the highest and continues with Jesus entering into Jerusalem and overturning the tables of the money changers. This was a later addition by the reformers to this lectionary passage. It used to end in the same place as Palm Sunday. But I think it was good that they did that because I think it fits better with what we're talking about today, about new beginnings. It points to where we're going. It reminds us that Jesus was not the king people expected him to be. His kingdom was spiritual. His victory would not be won on the battlefield, but at the temple in the hearts and minds of people everywhere. His victory would not be won by taking the life of others, but by allowing others to take his life, laying down his life for us. It's a firm reminder to us that we have to avoid making what should be his season, his house, his domain, into something focused on what we want it, what we want it to be rather than what he wants it to be. And man, are there a lot of distractions, right? Good Friday specials, Cyber Monday specials, parties, all sorts of stuff going on that are trying to pull us away from what Advent is really meant to be. And if 
we do anything else than what Jesus wants us to do during the season, we're making we're we're make we're a den of thieves making this season um, something that sucks the life out of ourselves and our neighbor. When instead we need to be focused on the, our, on our reflection of the coming of Christ into this world and prayer during the season. Taking all this together, we need to recognize that there will be darkness along our road to light. And in fact, we need to learn from Christ himself that through the grace of God in our lives and the Holy Spirit within us, we can turn any darkness into light, turn any death into life, chaos into order. But we aren't ready for that because if you're anything like me, you've let yourself get spiritually lazy during ordinary time. Just like I'm sure they said when you graduated. It isn't really graduation, it's commencement. Today, it's not an end, but a new beginning. A beginning that you will build on whatever foundation you have and take higher toward God. And like commencement, I'm here to offer you not only words of encouragement, but some advice. Like seniors, we've gotten a little complacent, lazy, and perhaps we're partying a bit too much. It's time to buckle down because college is going to be harder. So this is an important opportunity and time to renew our disciplines. So starting from wherever we are on our journey and looking toward wherever we want to arrive on our spiritual journey, when we celebrate the birth of Christ on Christmas in just a few short weeks, it's going to come really fast. We need to commit today to following the commandments of God because that is how we love God and our neighbor. We heard that from St. Paul today. Here at the Advent, we also have a pledge for the season of Advent that helps us keep the season holy and reflective. And it focuses on three simple maxims. Buy less, give more. Eat less, pray more. Fear less, hope more. You'll find more details on our webpage in the Parish Life upcoming events section. But some suggestions, not prescriptions, include not throwing Christmas parties or attending them if that doesn't impede your charity to others. Certainly you shouldn't tell your parents you're not coming to their Christmas party, for example. That wouldn't be very kind and probably would cause a lot of um, consternation. But if you can avoid it, try to keep that this season uh, more reflective and wait for those Christmas parties until it's actually Christmas. Not buying a multitude of dispensable things that people don't really want anyway. Instead, Write out some thoughtful cards. Buy somebody something they actually really do need or simply spend some quality time with them. And use the money that you save from not buying gifts and give it to charitable causes. And by the way, usually each year at the Advent, we, we choose some cause to give some money to as the church. And we'll be discussing that too if you'd like to join in with us on that. Try to attend as many services at church as possible including any weekday feasts or, and Saturday evening song if you can. Make a daily list of things to give thanks for in order to remember that God loves you, loves the whole world, and that he will appear again in glory to put all right that is wrong. Try to spend less time watching, listening to news, current affairs, social media. Instead, spend some time with your family, off your phone. Actually talk to each other or spend some time exercising, improving your home on a hobby of yours. Also spend some of that time reading scripture, 
reading that spiritual book you got last year that you still haven't read. Praying. And then fast with us corporately as the church. Our Advent fast is um, tougher than our weekly fast, which is only Friday, but it's not much harder. And it's easier than our Lenten fast. It's just it's fasting on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're already supposed to be um, abstaining on Fridays as it is from certain types of food. But during, the, during Advent, we're going to also fast, which means decreasing the amount of food we eat each day, trying to eat just one normal meal a day, and if you need to, uh, you know, one smaller meal, maybe about a quarter of your normal meal, and, not, and trying not to eat before noon each day. This is good for It's just Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can pick it out on Tuesday and Thursday if that's what you want to do. But it puts you, gets you mindful about God. It gives you an opportunity to not indulge in all of those um, cookies and things that people are going to be bringing to the office that, again, are a little premature. They're supposed to be focusing, again, in a sort of a somber way on the joy that's coming. And you also want to avoid, just like we do any other time that we're fasting or we have a day of abstinence, avoid any meat um, or their juices and gravies or broths or soups and so forth. So that's our fast, and it helps us. It's not just for our spiritual development, but it's for us to do corporately. Again, we need renewal amongst not just ourselves, but as a group, as a society, as a church. So give less and buy less, give more, eat less, pray more, fear less, hope more. Today, come out of the darkness and toward the light. Today, commit to a new beginning. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Look toward Jerusalem. Look toward the cross. Commit to the corporate fast of the church. Commit to follow the Advent Pledge in your own ways. Commit to keeping the commandments. Commit to loving God and loving your neighbor. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.